Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, lords and ladies, your majesty. This is your captain speaking. Captain, wing commander, Sir Arthur Shappy, welcoming you aboard this world record attempting flight around the world. Uh, passengers on both sides of the aircraft should have excellent views of the world. If you find we're going over a bit of the world you like the look of, uh, do please ring your little bell and one of the cabin crew will fit you with a parachute and chuck you out. <laughs> Otherwise, enjoy the flight and uh, when we get to Sydney, do keep an eye out for the Sydney Harbour Bridge. I'm going to have a crack at flying underneath it. Hey, Wing Commander, less yammering, more hoovering. Sorry, Mum. Cabin Pressure by John Finnemore, starring Stephanie Cole as Carolyn, Roger Allen as Douglas, Benedict Cumberbatch as Martin, and John Finnemore as Arthur. This week, Fitton. Then there's another leak over here. Right away, Martin. God, the rain's horrible outside. And inside. Douglas. You are 45 minutes late. Oh, dear, how terribly remiss of me. And Mr Goddard is, of course, so famously punctual. I do hope I haven't kept him waiting. It's a job, Douglas. A job for which you are being paid like any other, and I expect you to be on time. I am chastened and ashamed. Arthur, tea. Uh, yeah, will do, Douglas. Just trying to fix this leak first. Oh, well. In that case, Arthur, tea. Wow. You're making me tea? I know, it's a topsy-turvy day of misrule, isn't it? <laughs> Cracking. Loads of milk, four sugars, please. Hey, Douglas, you know when you get something going round and round in your brain? Yes, though I'm a little surprised you do. <laughs> a, a tune, I mean. Ah, yes. Well, I've got one of yours at the moment. One of mine? Yeah, something you were singing a, a few days ago, only I've only got the one line. Um, how does it go after this? Um... How does it go then? Well, I hope after that it goes to a vet and is painlessly put out of its misery. But what's the next line? I have no idea. It's something you were singing. Are you sure you're not thinking of when Martin trapped my hand in the cabin door? No, no, you were singing it this week. Well, was it uh, summertime and the living is easy? No, it was more like... <laughs> you do realise every time you do that, it's completely different. No, listen. Please, uh, Arthur, not again. Sorry, Mum. Oh, Douglas, I thought of another one this morning. Oh, yes? What are you doing this time? Books that sound more interesting with the final letter knocked off. Uh, what have you got so far? Of Mice and Me. And Three Men in a Boa. Far from the Madding Crow. Oh, very good. We'll have that. What's your new one, Martin? The Hound of the Baskerville. Taking the S off. Almost good. Certainly better than when you took the S off the mill on the floss to make the mill on the floss. Aha! Arthur! Arthur, what have you done? I'm making progress. I've found the hole where the rain's coming in. Found it or made it? No, it was there before. I've just made it easier to see. You mean bigger? Bigger-ish. 
Oh, for heaven's sake, it's now raining inside the porter cabin. Can we please just go into Fitton and wait in a nice coffee shop or something? No. If Goddard turns up, we have to be ready in 20 minutes. Flight plan filed, aircraft checked, ready to go. He's not going to call. We haven't heard a peep out of him for 28 days. He's clearly forgotten all about us. We don't know that. Anyway, standby is the holy grail of the airline industry, being paid to fly without any actual flying. No risk of the three of you putting us into bankruptcy prison on the side of a mountain. <laughs> God has smiled on us, and if he has chosen as his instrument a lippy telecom millionaire from Bracknell, who are we to argue? Well, if we can't go into town, we could at least go and sit in the plane where it's dry. Oh, God, do we have to? Well, we can sit in the plane, or we can sit in the rain. Can't we sit in the car, or sit in a bar? Douglas. <laughs> Sorry, I thought we were staging an impromptu tribute to Dr. Seuss. <laughs> well, this is much nicer. How about a game of charades? No. no. Oh, why not? Because, dear heart, none of us will soon forget the misery of you spending 25 minutes miming Apocalypse Now without knowing what an apocalypse was. <laughs> Ah, 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 we could always review the standard operating procedures. Oh, yes, that'll make the day fly by on silver wings. It is a legal requirement, and we're here anyway. That's why you were so keen to come out of the plane, isn't it? So you could get us to go through your rotten old ops. Well, since I've gone to all the trouble of revising them... Fine, we'll go through one. No, I don't want to now. Oh, come on. No. Martin, we're sorry. It's very good of you to do them. Please take us through one. All right. <clears throat> Standard operating procedure. Evacuation in event of smoke or fire in cabin. Hang on, is, is it OK for me to hear these? Yes, they're not secret. Oh, OK, carry on. Set parking brake. Uh -huh. Shut down engines. Good idea. PA announcement. Yep. First officer leaves through the nearest exit. You bet he does, and enters nearest bar. <laughs> Captain Don's cap enters cabin to assist passengers. <laughs> what? Assists passengers. What? What's so funny? No, 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 before that. Captain Don's cap enters cabin. To... <laughs> Don's cap? Captain Don's cap? Oh, yes. You have to don your cap before dealing with a fire. <laughs> Otherwise, how will the fire know who the captain is? It's for the passengers. The boy stood on the burning deck whence all but he had fled. His heart was in his mouth, but lo, his cap was on his head. <laughs> right, fine, forget it. Forget it. I'll go and sit on the flight deck and review them by myself. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, dear. Oh, was that a bit... Yes, a little bit. Oh. Do, you think, uh, do you think one of us should... Uh... Yes. Right, well, just you and me, Mum. You know, you can play charades with two people. No. OK. Oh, um, Dad called this morning. Ah, I thought he might. Mm. Uh, well, he did. 
What did he have to say? Oh, he asked after you. Um, and the plane? Oh, yes. In which order? Not that order. No. <laughs> uh, and he said to tell you... Not interested. Yeah, but he said to tell you... I know what he said to tell me, because he said it every 12th of November for eight years. Not interested. He still made me promise to say it. Sorry. Go on, then. Get it over with. He said to tell you he'd like to buy his plane back off you. Not interested, and it's not his plane. Not that it matters, but how much was he offering this time? A hundred pounds. A hundred? Well, that's just silly. Last year I turned him down for 125,000. Why would I go for 25 grand less? No, not 100,000 pounds. A hundred pounds. No, dear, no. I didn't pick you up on it because, frankly, life's too short. But when he said a hundred, he meant a hundred thousand. No, he didn't. Arthur, given that in your short life you have caught hold of the wrong end of enough sticks to build an entire wrong end of a forest, <laughs> what makes you so sure you've got it right this time? Because he made me write it down. Tell her, yes, he does mean a hundred pounds. Not a hundred grand, one hundred pounds and no pennies. I haven't got it wrong. No, write Arthur. Arthur hasn't got it wrong. <laughs> Phone if you want details. Uh, Martin. What do you want? Apologies, Martin. That was very childish of us. Yes, it bloody well was. Yes. Perfectly reasonable emergency procedure. Are you being funny again? No. No, I mean it. The hat makes it clear to confused, frightened passengers that you are in charge. Absolutely. Exactly. Entirely sensible. It's nothing to do with showing off about being the captain. No. I mean, God knows I could write captain on my forehead in lipstick and people still wouldn't get it. What? What, what now? <laughs> No, nothing. I mean, not you. I was, I was just hoping you weren't thinking of putting that in the operating procedure. <laughs> what do you mean? First officer leaves through nearest exit. Captain writes captain on forehead with lipstick. Don's cap enters cabin. In unlikely event of captain non-recognition, captain Doff's cap gestures to lipstick inscription. <laughs> Why do they always think you're the captain, Douglas? Oh, that's easy. Because I don't care. Captains don't care. I've been a first officer, been a captain, been a first officer again. All the same to me. So long as you're happy, who gives a toss how many rings there are on your sleeve? Whereas you always look like you want to be the captain, so people assume you can't be one. You've got to lose that look. But I have always wanted to be an airline captain. Really? Yes, ever since I was six. Ah, and before that? I wanted to be an aeroplane. <laughs> I see. Why, what did you want to be? Oh, various things at different times. I studied medicine at university. You wanted to be a doctor? Well, I wanted to be a medical student. They seemed to have the most fun. <laughs> I'm not sure I ever wanted to be a doctor. Glamorous, but gloopy. Coffee, chaps. How about you, Arthur? What do you want to do if you grow up? <laughs> huh? When you were a boy, what did you want to be? Oh, well, I, I was a bit like you, actually, Skipper. I always wanted to be a pilot, too. Good Lord, really? Yeah, <laughs> obviously... That was never going to happen. Oh, well. Although, actually, when I was 17, Mum did get me an interview at the um, Oxford Aviation Academy for my birthday. So I, I, I actually went up and I sat in the hall and the others started to come in and, I don't know, they all looked like proper pilots. Or at least, you know the Muppet babies? <laughs> I fear they may have passed me by. Well, it was this cartoon with baby versions of Kermit and Miss Piggy and everyone. And these guys look like Muppet baby versions of, well, you two. Well, anyway. Yes, I know, I know of him. Yeah. And anyway, the, the woman came out and said, Arthur Shappy, you're up. 
and all the Muppet Baby pilots looked round to see who he was. So did I. <laughs> After a bit, they decided he hadn't turned up and went to the next guy. So, you know, part of me always wonders um, what would have happened if I'd gone through that duel. Well, I can tell you, Arthur, they'd have made mincemeat out of you. Really? Absolutely. You'd be a hopeless pilot. They'd have laughed you out of the room. And you're not just saying that to make me feel better? <laughs> not at all. You wouldn't have had a cat's chance in hell, would he, Martin? I'm afraid not. Oh, you guys are great. <laughs> there isn't, though. After the age of 30, you just don't meet anyone new. You're on your raft with your friends and everyone else is on their raft. Sometimes the rafts bump into each other, but there's no raft hopping. And I've managed to get on an all-boys raft. Well, what about cabin crew? Mm, well, for two very different reasons, I'm afraid neither Arthur nor Carolyn quite float my boat. <laughs> well, there's always weddings. I met all three of my wives at weddings. Really? Mm, of course. The third one I met at my wedding. <laughs> Which was a trifle awkward. Yes, I imagine it would be. Yeah, my second marriage wasn't my favourite. Which one was? Oh, the current Mrs Richardson. Hands down, she's smashing. Look. I got her this for our anniversary. I think you may be showing me the wrong bag. No, nope, that's the one. You've got her a bottle of brown sauce. <laughs> you incorrigible old romantic. Ah, but it's her favourite brown sauce. Only they changed the recipe in Britain, and now she doesn't like it anymore. But I did some research, and they still make it with the old recipe in Greece. So last time we were in Thessaloniki, you remember, back when we used to fly planes for a living instead of sit in them, I got her this. She'll love it. Oh, you sod, that actually is romantic. <laughs> Arthur, listen carefully. Uh-oh. I've just been talking with your father. Right. He's now offering to buy Gertie for one pound. Right. And are you thinking of... Because I'd probably give you ten. In exchange for which, he will take Gertie and with her all of MJN's debts. Oh. So, what do you think I should do? Ah, Carolyn. What? Well, it's two hours to dusk and he's clearly not coming. Can we have a little snifter? No, get out. Pardon moi. Carry on, Arthur. Well... What do you want to do? I, I want to know what you think. Really? Are you sure? Yes. I mean, let's be clear, not in your capacity as astute financial analyst. <laughs> in your capacity as someone who might one day come into this money, or lack of money. Oh, right. Well, I'm, I don't want to... I think you should do whatever you think, but just, just thinking about myself, I don't know what I'd do with the money that would be better than getting to go up in the plane all the time with you guys. But that's just me being selfish. No, she didn't really go for the drinks idea. Water it is. So, what is it exactly that's so special about... I don't even know her name. Helena. Oh, oh I don't know. I mean, she's clever and funny and kind and beautiful and so on and etc. You know, the standard specs. <laughs> but I think, if I'm honest, what it really comes down to is she thinks I'm terrific. Does she? Yep. The bee's pyjamas. The cat's knees. Really terrific. That's enough to make you happy together, is it? Your shared belief in the terrificness of you. <laughs> it's not a bad start. But does it make you happy? Truly happy? Oh, well, come on. No one's truly happy. I'm truly happy. Oh, God. <laughs> no, Arthur. You are cheery. 
No one's interested in the secret of true cheeriness. Well, that's not true. I'm fairly often just completely happy. Like, for instance, when you get into a bath quickly and it's just the right temperature, and you go, oh. I mean, no one really gets any happier than that. What a depressing thought. No, no, it's not, though, because those sort of things happen all the time. Whereas you're hardly ever, you know, blissfully happy with the love of your life in the moonlight, and when you are, you're too busy worrying about it being over soon. Whereas the bath moments, there's loads of those. Oh, like when you realise your knuckles are ready for cracking. What? Oh. See, I was happy then. Oh, wait, I've got another one. Did you order the motivational seminar by Forrest Gump? <laughs> Apples! Oh, no, please spare us the crisp crunch of the first bite of an apple. No, no. Of course not. No one really likes apples. That would be like liking wood. <laughs> no, I mean this. What? This. Tossing an apple from hand to hand. It just feels really nice. I could do it for hours. Try it. You know, there is something rather pleasant about oh, it. Oh, for goodness sakes. I don't believe Try it. it. See? Well, it's satisfying. But I wouldn't say I was happy. Give it a bit longer. <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> the world's least impressive troop of jugglers. What on earth are you doing? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. That's it! Oh, Arthur, you made me drop my apple. Oh, Surely the only professional pilot who cannot successfully juggle one apple. <laughs> That's the tune, though. Ah, 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 ah. Oh, we're busy doing nothing, working the whole day through, trying to find lots of things not to do. We're busy going nowhere, isn't it just a crime? We like to be unhappy, but we never do have the time. <laughs> all right, all right, who wants a drink? Really? You seem quite anti the idea just now. Yes, well, I have perked up somewhat since then. And anyway, for goodness sake, Goddard's obviously not going to call. It's an hour before dusk. After 28 days of silence, he's forgotten about us. Except he's guaranteed to call if we have a drink. Well, he'd better hurry up, then. He's three drinks too late for me. Douglas, have you been drinking? I cannot tell a lie. What am I saying? I'm terrific at telling lies. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to tell a lie. Yes. I thought it was water. That's the beauty of vodka. Colourless, odourless. Proof that God loves pilots. <laughs> or at least the Russians do. Arthur? One for you. Oh, thanks. Uh, can I have pineapple juice? No, it's all right. We've decided he's not going to call. You can have wine. Oh, OK. <laughs> but can I have pineapple juice? Yes, fine. Thanks, Mum. <laughs> uh, a, a dance to the music of Tim. <laughs> oh, very good, very good, very good. Uh, mm, the Da Vinci Cod. <laughs> oh, 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 James Bond, James Bond. Um, the man with the golden goo. <laughs> Goldfinch. <laughs> Octopus. Octopus. That's just octopus. Yes. Oh, please, someone save me from this. Not you, though. Who is it? Anonymous caller. Could be anyone. Probably not him. Uh, hello? Uh, oh, yes. Yes, of course. Yes. Very well. Goodbye. 
Goddard will be here in 20 minutes. Oh. What do we do? Why did you say yes? He's paid us thousands and thousands of pounds this month just for me to say yes to that one phone call. True. We have to fly. But... But we can't fly. I can fly. I can fly right up to the sky. You can't. I can't. You can't. No, but... What? I can. No, you can't. Mm-hmm. We'll just tell him the plane won't start and refund him his money and... I, I wasn't going to tell you this, but as it happens, today, someone I'm sorry to interrupt, Carolyn, but you're not listening. I am fit to fly. You're not. You've been drinking. No, I haven't. I don't drink. Yes, you do. No, I don't. You do. I've seen you hundreds of times. No, you think you have, but you haven't. Oh. I have. You've been drinking tonight. The thing about not being able to tell vodka from water is it cuts both ways. So you're sober. Very sober. Eight years for me, too. You can fly. I can fly. I can fly, too. I can bloody well fly as well as any fly. Of course. <laughs> I'm perfectly qualified to fly this plane alone. Yes, but Goddard doesn't know that. He's hired two pilots. He's expecting a captain. Well, we could always... Oh, no. Well, what else can we do? Oh, no. Arthur? Yep. Arthur Shappy, you're up. <laughs> Good evening, this is your captain speaking. Captain Martin Creed speaking. I shall be captaining the plane as your captain this evening. Okay, bye. Good evening, Mr. Goddard. Welcome aboard. My name's Arthur. I'll be your steward today. Yeah, cheers, Arthur. All right. May I offer, sir, a drink, sir? Yeah, yeah, hang on. Let me get myself sorted out. <laughs> oh, absolutely, sir. But when you're all nicely settled in, would you like me to bring you a drink? That's all I was asking. Yeah, all right. Mineral water. Very good, sir. Would you like spill or sparkling? <laughs> Just hang on a minute, can you? Uh, Martin, I'll take care of this. Arthur. Oh, yes, yes. Arthur. I'll take care of this, Arthur. Sir, would you like a drink? Yes. A still mineral water. No ice. All right. Right. Go and get him one, Martha. 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 What's up? What's going on? No, 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 no. Nothing, nothing, nothing. He used to be... He used to be Martha. Now he's Arthur. (laughs) (laughs) What are you laughing at? Uh, I'm not laughing. Yes, you are. Why is your uniform so baggy? I've I've lost a lot of weight recently. Yes, yes, yes. From when he was Martha. (laughs) Right. I've had enough of this. I want to see the pilots. Oh, no, no. I'm afraid that's quite impossible. Take me to the pilots. Now. That's right. And catch and throw and catch and throw and catch and throw and catch and throw. Look, what's going on with bloody hell? I'm sorry, sir, but you're intruding on a standard pre-flight exercise to improve reflex time and hand-eye coordination. Could you return to your seat? Yeah, that's right. You're the captain, are you? I certainly am. I am the captain. Right. I want to smell your breath, both of you. Be our guest. (sighs) All right, then. Fair enough. Fair enough. Of course, if we'd been drinking vodka, you wouldn't be able to smell it on our breath. (laughs) You've been drinking vodka? No, no, we haven't. I was just saying, as an interesting fact. Are you really a captain, mate? Yes. You see... Thank you, Douglas. I can deal with this. I am a captain, yes. And I can assure you that you may fully rely on my professionalism and my judgment. Yeah, fair enough, mate. No offence. Not to mention my 30 years of flying experience. (laughs) Hang on. 30 years? How old are you? Well, 
If I qualified at 18, which I did, that makes me 48. You don't look 48 to me. The captain does have a youthful vigour. Everyone comments on it. Of course, he has a punishing moisturising. All right. (laughs) I don't know what the hell's going on here, but luckily for you, I've got to be in Madrid by nine. So here's how it's going to go. You are going to fly the plane. Yes, sir. Shut it. You are going to watch and not touch anything unless he tells you to. I won't tell him to. Good. And you, and you, are going to sit in your little kitchen with a litre of water each and sober up. And no one is going to juggle apples. (laughs) Zoom! 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 Arthur, it's a hairdryer. You have to point it steadily. You can't just zap things dry like it's a ray gun. Sorry, Mum. Carolyn, I'm off now. Cheerio. Oh, Martin, did you leave a bottle of brown sauce on the flight deck, you revolting creature? Oh, no, actually, that's Douglas's. Has he gone? Oh, the first whip of mopping up to be done. Right, well, give it to me. I'll drop it off on my way home. I'm sure he can go a couple of days without brown sauce. No, he... It's a long, slightly weird story. Then by all means, keep it to yourself. Goodbye. Bye-bye, Arthur. Bye, Skipper. I love being you. Oh, well, glad somebody does. Ah, thank you for ringing back. Yes, I have a message for Mr. Shappy from the CEO of MJN Air. Gertie's staying with me, so up yours, Baldy. (laughs) Yes, it is a business message. It's in code, you see. He'll know what it means. And that's from Carolyn Knapp Shappy, CEO, My Jet Now Air. Thank you so much. Oh, Martin. Hello, Douglas. What are you doing here? I just stopped by to give you this. You left it on the plane. Oh, right. Yes, uh, thank you. You're welcome. Just thought I'd stop by on my way home. I mean, I'm not really on my way, actually, but to save your anniversary, I think... I know, and I do appreciate it. I Mm. really do. Well, I won't keep you. Oh, okay. Well, I'll see you next... Douglas, your epaulettes. What? They've grown an extra bar. Oh, look at that. How silly of me. I must have put on my old Air England ones by mistake. When? 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 Well, when I got dressed. Douglas, you were not wearing Captain's epaulettes during the flight... I would have noticed, believe me. Yes, you would, wouldn't you? <laughs> Which means you must have... Who is it, Dougie? Uh, no one, sweetheart, just someone dropping something off. Oh, hello. Hello, I'm Martin. Well, thanks for that, Martin. I'll see you... Martin! To... Oh, from MJN. That's right, darling. Martin, this is my wonderful wife, Helena. Helena, this is my trusted and valued first officer, Martin Creep. Pleased to meet you. Pleased to meet you. We meet at last... I've heard so much about you. So I gather. Well, won't you come in for a drink? Perhaps another time. I'd better get home. Oh, what a pity. I've been dying to hear what he's like as a boss. I bet you end up doing all the work. I know I'd hate to be Douglas's first officer. Yes, well, as a friend once told me, as long as you're happy, who gives a toss how many stripes you've got on your arm? <laughs> ah, but I bet whoever told you that was a first officer. Hey, you come to mention it rather think he was. 
That was Cabin Pressure by John Finnemore. It starred Stephanie Cole as Carolyn, Roger Allen as Douglas, Benedict Cumberbatch as Martin, and John Finnemore as Arthur. It also featured Adam G. Goodwin as Goddard and Melisande Cook as Helena. The producer was David Tyler, and the programme was a positive production for the BBC. Thank you.